In this, our contribution to the 2013 pod crawl, we discuss Attack of the Clones. And remember, you only have until December 1st to get those He's the House Cat music video contest entries in. So get to it. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey everyone, welcome to the Flop House. I'm Stuart. And everyone, welcome to the Flop House. I'm Elliot Kalen. Stuart's last name is Wellington, by the way. <laughs> like the beef that bears his name. <laughs> that he not had... Stuart Pinkin, uh, <laughs> of character not actor. The news. <laughs> not you st- may remember. <laughs> not. not st- not carrot necessarily the news. <laughs> not Stuart Panko, which is the breading you find on a lot of Asian mm. food. If you're going to make Stuart Tempura, get, you want some Stuart Panko. Yep, yep. Uh, so, I don't get it. <laughs> oh, boy. This is, so, not, this is neither an early days of HBO podcast, nor is it a cooking podcast. What it's is it, Dan? a bad movies podcast. Where we... Talk, watch a bad movie. Okay. And then talk about it. Yep. Step one, but watch a bad movie. We already watched a bad movie. Step two, we'll, talk about it. Now, Dan, I believe this is a special episode. How so? Mm-hmm. It's a crossover, if you will. Well, this is the episode this where... This is where we threw we, off the chains of Dan's oppression of making <laughs> us watch recently released bad movies. This is movies. a very special episode where we deal with your addiction to angel dust. <laughs> I don't have a problem. You have a problem. I can stop whenever I want. <laughs> don't mind if uh, I do. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess he doesn't have a problem, guys. It you know how they out. get it. It's technically the dandruff from Angel's heads. <laughs> Elliot turned to Angel Dust when he was auditioning for that role as a Micro Machines pitchman. <laughs> yeah, it's the only thing that can keep me talking fast enough, but it wasn't fast enough. Should have taken Devil Dust. You excuse me, I have to, I have to go wig out and jump out a window, sounded, a la Helen Hunt. You sounded like a behind-the-music uh, narrator. It was the only thing that could keep him talking fast enough, but it wasn't fast enough. Unfortunately, it wasn't fast enough. He was running as fast as he could, but life runs a little faster. (laughs) It soon caught up with him. And he was caught in a net of his own devising. A net he tied in his work as a fisherman. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Flash forward. (laughs) He had hit rock bottom, literally falling to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. (laughs) You would say, isn't there a river down there? Yes, but it was dry that year. (laughs) Um... This is a so very years later episode. Sticks and stones might break his bones, and they did, as the members of Sticks and the cast of the TV show Bones attacked him. <laughs> oh, it's stones that Look hurt, at, not bones. Yeah, the as, as the members of Sticks and the Rolling Stones broke his uh, pictures but of the members of Bones. Sticks and Bones. <laughs> Think about it. it be, okay, let's go back in time and change the saying Think to Sticks the and Bones. Think of posters you could get with that saying on them. <laughs> Um, so what's special about this episode, Dan? This is part of a uh, a brand new thing, unless someone else invented it. But um, it's a pod still crawl, pretty new, I guess. Uh, wherein um, we're doing this in concert with two other bad movie podcasts. Uh, number one, read it and weep, and number three, proudly resents. And, and we are number two in the lineup. And what is what is a pod crawl? Explain it. Uh, Podcrawl, the idea was we would take a linked series of movies 
And during a month, in this case, the month of November, the month we are in now, watch those movies and release them in order. And so uh, last week, Read It and Weep watched episode one uh, of what? Uh, of episode the Star one Wars of, of uh, films. Yeah, they watch episode one of like uh, The Wire, The Phantom Menace. Oh, The Phantom Menace. And uh, we watched. Which tonight. means no menace, right? It's just <laughs> <Yep>. a phantom. <laughs> Attack of the Clowns, and... <laughs> uh, Star Wars Episode Two: Send in the Clones. Uh, Proudly Resents... This is your, is this is your A-plus material, Star right? Wars yeah. Episode Two. wants their money back. Everybody, wants a cl- everybody likes a clone, so why don't you? Uh, and uh, Proudly Resents, in a week or so, we'll yeah. do uh, Revenge of the Sith. We're all watching these shitty Star, Star Wars, Wars prequels, Star Wars Episode right? Three: Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. So, um... Nerds in Paradise. <laughs> All right, we got it. That was the second one, right? I think it was like the fiftieth one. Real quick, maybe it was the second one. Nerd, which one was Nerds in Love? That's wait, they're all in love in all of them, right? No, but there's mm-hmm. one called. It's a Nerds movie about love. love. Okay, so and about tricking someone into love by wearing a Darth Vader helmet. Hey, Darth Vader, he's a character who came out of the movie we just watched. Yeah, and what movie was that, Dan? It was Revenge of the Clowns. <laughs> <laughs> it was Attack of the Clones. Um, Stonewalks episode Dewey. <laughs> Revenge watched, of the Clowns. We watched Captain EO tonight <laughs> in 3D. We watch Robert Zadar Wars. <laughs> Robert, it's the story of a race of people with huge faces <laughs> who are they fighting. Have chin fights. They have chin fights, and at the end they I go. Love the practical effects. <laughs> they yell Tango. Uh, Stuart, there were, there were no effects. That was his face. <laughs> the ultimate special effect. So Dan. <laughs> Um, because Robert Zadar's face is the ultimate special effect. <laughs> Off the top, FX two, <laughs> the I, art of Robert Zadar's face. I just want to acknowledge something before we get too deep into this. Okay, uh, before we get episode two, Attack of the Clones, deep. We were a little concerned uh, that the Star Wars bone has been uh, cleaned of comedy, then cracked open, yep, sucked of its marrow. Uh, and discarded and then the in, bone, the, in, a tra- in the compactor from the first Star Wars. <laughs> the bone itself was ground up to make Star Wars bread yeah. for a star giant. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I mean, Stuart, we actually watched your DVD copy <laughs> of Attack of the Clones. Okay. Out you, you. Is this, yeah, is well, that's one of those things that uh, normally I'd think people would be like, Stuart owns that? That's nerdy. But I know that when Stuart reveals he does something ultra nerdy, everyone's like, uh, that's, that's so, so sexy. That's so sexy that he <laughs> yeah. plays role-playing games. Total sploosh. That's mm-hmm. so sexy that he reads 70s sci-fi novels. Mm-hmm. All these things that would be nerdy if Elliot did it. If yeah. Stuart does it, it's totally sexified. Warcraft novels. He's the sexiest man on the street. Well, they're Warhammer novels. Yeah, it's not fucking Warcraft novels, Whatever. dude. Get the fuck out of here. Come War- on. Warcraft, Warhammer. <laughs> they're yeah, very different. Yeah, completely different. You, Dan, don't embarrass completely us. Completely different IPs. <laughs> <You're> um, <laughs> IPs. So, uh, but then, uh, As a lawyer would where say. Where I was getting to with this, though, is like, Stuart may have seen this movie multiple times. I believe Elliot and I, we haven't seen this since the theater. I think the theater was the first time I saw this, and it's sad that I remember... I think I saw it twice in the theater. Yeah? But I'm a big, I'm a big nerd. I remember, except that that's apparent. The women are like, oh, he saw Star Wars Episode 2 twice. Oh. Yeah, I t- like, I totally, like, hey, girls take and stuff, me away. that doesn't mean I'm not a nerd. Uh, so, now, anyway. But the point is, we're coming to this relatively fresh. Well, what's weird is that there's so many movies I've liked more that I remember less well than this one, which I don't like. And yeah. I saw it once, and watching it again, I was like, oh, yeah, this scene. Oh, yeah, this scene. Like, I remembered it so well. And I don't know why it... Uh, 
for such a fairly generic movie uh, imposed itself onto my memory well, so strongly. You know, Star Wars imprinted upon you at a young age, and That's true. that meant that anything well, actually, bearing that name seemed important to you, I actually, no matter how it, bad it was. I actually Absolutely. imprinted on Star Wars when I hatched. The first thing oh. I saw was Star Wars, and so I thought I was a Star War. Thought- and I followed it around, I thought it was my mommy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it, I imprinted on it. Yeah, right. Anyway, but you're right. Like, so growing up, Star Wars, speaking for myself, can't speak for you guys, mm-hmm. was hugely important. I spent a lot of time reading like the ancillary novels and guides to the various characters and ships and planets. Uh, That's interesting. Playing your dark forces on PC and things like that. Yeah, sure. Shadows of the Empire Kyle for the Katarn N64. Is, Kyle Katarn's in the Dark Forces game, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, see, I a went, Jedi named Kyle. <laughs> I went so the other way. Well, in the, my... the first Jedi, the first hero, the first movie is named Luke. Come on. Yeah, Skywalker, dude. That's a cool game. <laughs> I gotta say, like, I went the other way in my love of Star Wars, which is I loved the Star Wars movies, but I loved them. And because I loved them, I viewed other Star Wars stuff as non-canonical. I don't want to waste my time with that. I mean, that seems super nerdy. I did love to get the, the toys and play with them. See, I never I played with the toys. I loved the movies as a kid, and I read the books when I was in, like, late elementary and middle school mm-hmm. and it was like i wanted to learn everything about this universe and i think i wasn't it's coming very handy in later life it kind of has in my in my day job <laughs> yeah, that's what i tell my wife all the time she says when we have kids they're not going to watch tv all the time and i say look if i didn't watch tv all the time as a kid i wouldn't be able to do my job today they're gonna watch like fucking space holograms and shit <laughs> i don't think so i mean my kids are gonna grow up in the next couple of years probably <laughs> It's not going to be like the year 2057, you know. With their (laughs) robo-nannies. In their moon playhouses. Anyway, Um, so so like, but Star Wars was a big thing, and I learned about every little bit of it. And I think I started to ease off of it before the prequels came out. So, But when the prequels came out, there was still that rush of like a new Star Wars thing. Like I know the old one so well. Like just hearing the music gets me to like shudder in an excited way, you know, brings back those memories. Mm -hmm. And then the prequels were like. Stimulates your prostate. (laughs) and then the prequels came out and it was like well you know what this was a fun thing when i was a kid yeah like i kind of i i slowed off uh childish things for a little bit you know what this like this is an argument that actually my brother has made to me that like he's like you know what the originals were silly they weren't as good as you think like well i disagree with that yeah well no like i do too but like he's like he wasn't defending the the prequels per se but he was like i think he was saying that people were unduly hard on the prequels because they were unduly soft on the original movies but the original movies were silly i agree with that but silly in such a smarter but way silly in the way of like this is a fun adventure yeah. whereas you watch the prequels and you're like this is a boring like exposition filled slog and yeah. the characters are really lame there's a lot of people sitting around conference tables so talking many about scenes of people sitting around talking about stuff you could say the least- original trilogy had some kind of like a pulp yeah, Sen- sensibility, to but it, also which like this doesn't. Let in Star Wars. There's a scene where they're sitting around a table talking in the Millennium Falcon. They're sitting around the table talking while they play three dimensional monster chess, mm-hmm. which is great. In the movies in here, they're just sitting around normal tables. Like, yeah, where's the monster chess? Where's, but where's like a visual thing to get your attention or a detail of the world they live in that makes it exciting? And, you instead, know? they're like, yeah, there's been all these crazy battles and planets are. <laughs> Planets yeah, like, are defecting. Oh, and we, we might wish have to we could show them. it to you, but Let, we uh, we can't. We can't. So I'll just say it right now. But it, should we go over the plot of this movie? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Bother? So you haven't seen it that many times, and you claim to remember <laughs> what happens. Well, I mean, we also just watched it. 
Oh yeah, I had a hard time. I gotta say, I had a hard time. I've seen it a couple times, and I still don't. It's a hard well because the character motivations don't make sense, and the plot is needlessly complicated. But let's see if we can figure it out. Okay, together. It's kind of a mystery, right? So at the end of the last movie, riddle wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in a special effect (laughs) that doesn't (laughs) look very good. And the special effects have aged. They didn't look great at the time. They've aged very poorly. Now, it it looks all the more like uh, cutscenes from video games. we'll start, okay, at the end of the last movie, Anakin Skywalker was a little kid. Mm -hmm. They had defeated the Trade Federation, Mm -hmm. which had blockaded the planet Naboo for God knows what reason. Now, that's the race of... Asian aliens, right? The aliens that are Asian stereotypes, okay. as but opposed they're to the also techno fetishists, as and opposed robots. Yeah, they, they have a weird. <laughs> yeah, and uh, a lot of them, some of them, lock themselves in their room starting at teenage, and then they live that way forever, forcing their parents to leave food outside the door. Well, they live more in the virtual world than in the real one. <laughs> sure, they're real runners. <laughs> yeah. okay. uh, so anyway. Console uh, cowboys. So it's the they're the Asian aliens as opposed to the Gungans, which are the offensive black aliens. Okay. Now, now it's ten years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find that Queen Amidala, who has not aged a day, mm. no, amazing. She is almost assassinated Flawless. in an attempt that kills one of her body doubles. It's decided, but not her other body double, who I was surprised to learn was played by Rose Byrne. I think she's just an assistant, not a body double. She doesn't look like her. Yeah, I mean, but that's something like, that was set up in the first one, right? That she has body that doubles. Much she has like a legion of body doubles. She has a, much like Saddam Hussein, mm-hmm. whom Natalie Portman, you know, resembles in many ways. They, uh, <laughs> she has a legion of body doubles who take her, who are de- act as decoys. Well, that was one of the funniest things I thought at the beginning of the movie was when the body double gets blown up. Uh, as she's dying, she talks to Queen Am- Amidala, and she says, I'm sorry, I failed you. And I'm like, no, you did exactly what you're supposed to do. <laughs> get blown up instead of the Queen Amidala. Yeah. I mean, hey, come on. Let's do it. Yeah, get the gold medal. <laughs> yeah. Give her the medal that Chewbacca instead, didn't get at the end instead, of Star Wars. Yeah, you think at the end she should have been like, yes, I feel like I've done my job mm-hmm. or something like that. And then that. faded away into a ghost. That <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> like the light from heaven shines down. Yeah, she turns into an Obi-Wan From ghost. space heaven. <laughs> yeah, uh, her, her, the particles like, uh, like get sucked into a weird bracelet that Amidala has. <laughs> yeah, no, she gains the power of her devils. Yeah, of course. So anyway, it's decided she needs more protection. Well, who better to protect her than Anakin Skywalker, the little boy she discovered, I guess? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now and a hot dog Padawan. Now a Padawan to his master, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, now, here's the thing. A big problem is that it's ten years later. Anakin Skywalker has gone from a child to a young adult. Puberty, man. And Am- Am- Amidala has not changed at all. And he has a big crush on her. He's been thinking about mm-hmm. her every day for ten years. So much like so- you do it when you fall in love with someone at age ten, and you just keep thinking about them, even if you haven't seen them for years and years and years. Now here, the that age right. the age problem is a real issue here because in the first movie. Anakin is like nine, and Amidala is clearly like 20-something. Yeah. But for this movie to work out, you have to pretend that Anakin was like 11, and Amidala was like 15 or 16. Yeah. And so now he's like 21, and she's like 25, 26. Then it's a little okay. Otherwise, it's just the age difference is just much bigger, you know? Mm-hmm. And hey, what's to say that a tw- guy in his 20s couldn't be into a girl in her 30s, you know? Or yeah, late thirties. Come on, let's just make this like a Sam Keith comic where there's a younger guy and an older woman. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, it's I'm not like that's it, your point of reference. For that. Is that the most obscure reference I mean, I've like, made? It's not like that. Or was it my Codex Seraphinianus <laughs> reference from last episode? It's certainly like that doesn't. Ha- it's not like that doesn't happen. It usually doesn't happen when the lady knew the person when they were a kid. Like hey, the guy when uh, a kid. if pornography has taught me anything, it happens all the time. Okay. 
but it usually happens with a sponge bath. But it usually happens with a clearly <laughs> forty-year-old guy who has his uh, baseball cap on backwards, which is what indicates that, that he's, he's a, a teen, that he's like a guy that's yeah. nineteen years old or mm-hmm. something. So anyway, popping chewing gum. Yeah, not wearing underpants for some reason. <laughs> Under, not what the kids aren't his, doing that these under days, his Stuart. easily removed jogging pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, they they're they're assigned as her bodyguards or whatever. Yeah, and she is attacked by a bounty hunter using some kind of worm robot gun. <laughs> it's a robot that shoots worms that I guess are going to poison her or something. Yeah, Anakin senses it, runs in, and very like a little too excitedly slashes the worms off of her with a lightsaber, yeah. he could have killed her easily. Mm-hmm. And that, that robot's like, oh shit, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> he hauls metal butt out of that place, but not fast enough before Obi-Wan Kenobi can jump on him. Uh, but let's, before we get to the chase scene in Coruscant City, mm-hmm. sure. there's, uh, by this point, a bunch it's, of meetings. <laughs> there's already a ton of, of meetings. A Let's read the minutes. There's a uh, lot of, <laughs> all right, Yoda says. <laughs> uh, Yoda proposed. Something in backwards syntax. Um, now, it's already been set up that Anakin has a crush on Queen Amidala and that she sees him as a little Padme. boy. And there's a scene. Is this before or after she says, don't look at me like that? It makes me uncomfortable. This <laughs> like, was before that. It's, but right. it's very clear already to the audience that he is creepy. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a creepy creep. He doesn't come off as like... This lost romantic who's pining for the girl of his dreams, if only she would notice him. He comes off as He's like a, a stalker. stalker. He's less Lloyd Dobler and more what's his name in Sliver. And the mo- <laughs> like, as I said, like the only convincing line in the scenes between those two is when she says, "Don't look at me like that. It makes me uncomfortable." <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they, but anyway, there's an assassination attempt. Obi Wan and, and Anakin chase using their flying speeder car. Mm-hmm. Uh, chase the bounty hunter who they. Catch, but then the this bounty is like hun- the big fir- the first big set piece. the first big mm-hmm. action set piece where there's a lot of like here's the problem there's a lot of banter but everything's so lazily performed and done like it's shot as if you're just watching it from a distance most of the time and Anakin and Obi Wan are supposed to be in this flying speeder car that is banking at these ridiculous angles and like zooming down towards the ground and the looks on their faces they might as well be like in a vibrating chair at a hammock or slammer <laughs> store. Like, they don't look particularly scared. They don't look particularly excited. There's banter where it's like, I hate when he does that. But it's so lazily and so quietly delivered that it's like, and, was that supposed to be a gag? Like, the, I don't... And Hayden Christensen struggles over it. I mean, he's got, like, marbles in his mouth or something. Yeah. I believe that, much like I believe it was Cicero, yep. to practice his oratory, <laughs> he would speak with pebbles in his mouth to lose his stutter. Uh, but I think it's more he likely... to remove the pebbles. Yes. <laughs> it's more likely that Hayden Christensen just mumbles a lot. He's like... Sure. He, it's like he he's, thinks he's inventing Marlon Brando's way of acting. And sometimes that works for him. Can I take a break to talk about Hayden Christensen? Okay, this is okay. a, a Dan much, official it, timeout it, trademark. <laughs> like, Dan just pulled a Zach Morris, said timeout, pulled out his big phone, and called up Hayden Christensen. Time has stopped. It might be premature to discuss this, but part of the reason why the romance is so creepy is that Hayden Christensen, number one, as an actor, just seems like a petulant guy in this movie, rather than, like, a passionate guy. The things that work so well for him in Shattered Glass, yeah. where he is a petulant liar who's been caught in this web of fiction he's spun around himself, does not work here when he's supposed to be a tragic hero who loves a woman and then falls from grace because he cares too much? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but also, like, he looks very strange in this movie. Let's just, like, I mean... 
I, I spent what because of his rat tail ponytail. Well, this part, look, I, it's I, the single braid, isn't it? Number one, is I it his leather karate gi? <laughs> well, he has both a ponytail and then a thing that's like hanging off the side of his ear, like he went to Jamaica. It's Padawan braid. Yeah, man. He went to. He went I got this done on the beach. Look, I went to St. Thomas. <laughs> Wait, this is very important. Like put into your ear this reminds me, me of and a this very little... nice. Day I had I saw me and this little girl were sitting next to each other getting our hair braided. Yeah. But also, I mean, like, there's something weird about Hayden Christensen's mouth. It, far be it for me to like harp on someone's like physical attributes, but like, unless it's somebody's wife's butt, in which case, which case, you can't shut game. him up. But like, I was wondering through much of the movie, I'm like, is he wearing braces? What's going on? Like, there's something weird about like his. No, teeth. totally. I think he's got Invisalign or something. Yeah, yeah. he's got space braces, which I think. Adds to this like mealy mouth, mumble mouth, marble mouth thing that he's yeah. got going well, on. Well, blame his astrodontist. <laughs> oh, I hate you so much. <laughs> okay, he's not. This is not the right role for him. Yeah, he's not cast wellness, and it doesn't no. help that nobody in this movie is good as acting. You and McGregor, who's a good him, actor, is bad in it. Christopher Lee, who I love, is bad in it. Frank Oz's voice acting is not so good, and I have to blame. George Lucas, Samuel Jackson, one of the most charismatic, energetic actors in movies, is like a block of wood in this. And I have to blame George Lucas's inability to interact with actors, basically. Yeah. Like, uh, everyone is brought down a level in this. Joel Edgerton delivers probably my least favorite line in all of movies <laughs> when he introduces his girlfriend, he, he's, Baru. He's playing the young Uncle Owen. <laughs> he says, this is my girlfriend, Baru. And what's great is that in space, they have a different word for child. Which is youngling, but girlfriend <laughs> is still the word they use. Man, this is my life mate. So stupid. But uh, or like he's Natalie, not, I like not, the guy or like, or like, or like her, Natalie yeah. Portman, who can act very well in this acts very poorly. Sure. Like everyone's a bad actor in this. Yeah, it's unfair to judge Hayden Christensen just on this movie alone. But no, it is. But I, I find him a measure. You said of the same thing about above Jake everyone Lloyd, else, though, right? Yeah, it's unfair to blame Jake. <laughs> and, he was, and he was the star of the future. He turned out to be a superstar. So unfortunately, I guess we're he all went wrong. Nova too fast. E true Hollywood story, Jake Lloyd. <laughs> Here's the thing: like I've seen Hayden Christensen now in two roles that I thought he was really good in. One was Shattered Glass. Yeah, I agree. He was. The good other in was in a stage production that I mentioned. You guys were watching the movie of This Is Our Youth that I saw in London years ago when I was in college. Well, where he was playing, where he was we playing a very any. unlikable character. But I'll tell you who really stole we the show did in that it, production. You go to the theater. Who really stole the show in Jesus. that production was Jake Gyllenhaal, who was fantastic in it. <sighs> there was a scene. There's a scene in This Is Our Youth. I don't know if anyone's seen the play where Jake Gyllenhaal's character knocks over a pile of like, a plate with uh, drugs on it, and he did it so well that people in the audience thought that he had made a mistake. And you could hear people in the audience go like, oh, like, they thought that he had fucked up the prop, but uh, he just did it, like, that happens in the play. Like, it's, he just did a good job. So Jake Gyllenhaal, this is our youth. If you can go back in time to, to London in the I year recommend. 2001, yeah. go do it. <laughs> like, fucking dig up the corpse of H.G. Wells. Find somebody's DeLorean just lying around. Find the map that he left in his coffin. <laughs> what? what, to where he buried his fictional time machine? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're barely into this movie. The point is, they try. It's almost done, right? No, we are like, like 15 second. minutes into a two and a half hour movie. So they track. Basically, they find this bounty hunter who gets killed at the last minute by a dart. 
Uh, Ewan McGregor takes the dart and brings it to his friend Dex, who runs a space <laughs> diner. Dex dog tech. Dex, who is basically Mel from the, from Alice, in a with a uh, with a who runs a space I think diner. The robot waitress's name is Flo. And there's some, what's so great about this movie in a bad way is that the old movies have like a little bit of a World War II dogfighting tinge, like an old pulp feel. George mm. Lucas took that here to mean like. So I guess this is like the forties in the in in outer space mm-hmm. in the Star Wars galaxy. So it's like everything's Art Deco. There's a space diner. Like things are just very like old fashionedy, but space. It's mm-hmm. really it's not very good. But anyway, that leads Obi Wan on another adventure. Mm-hmm. That leads dart, him on a merry chase. That dart is from a planet called was it Carmona, Cariba, uh, uh, Camino, Car- Camarca, Aruba, Camino, Bahama. <laughs> no, do not life. sing Kokomo. <laughs> My least favorite song in the history of the world. I'll throw him. you out the window. Uh, uh, so, so he goes. So he says, "You take Amidala to Naboo. Do whatever you want with her. Go crazy. <laughs> go protect her there. Go be creepy with her. I'm gonna go. To, <laughs> I'm gonna go planet. over to Carmina Barana and I'm gonna see what's up with this dart." And he goes there. Goes to the local library first. And so let's. And he goes. To, all, oh, that's right. Can be that's right. So he goes. To, he goes to the. Anything you want can be found in your local library. He goes to the Jedi archives, except for the location of Kamino, which has been removed from the library. He goes to the Jedi archives and looks for the location of Kamino, and Goose it's not there. Find him all over the place. And the archivist says, if it's not in our archives, <laughs> it doesn't exist. And she is basically like Mrs. Danvers from Rebecca. Like she's <laughs> she. Everyone in this movie exudes evil in a way that I don't think they're meant to. But like the Senator Palpatine is like, oh, I'm very worried, very worried about the Galactic Senate. Something might happen to it. Like, he basically is, everything about him says evil. And they're like, that Palpatine's a good guy. You know what? I like him. Let's let's trust him. <laughs> You're giving him a gayer voice. Than well, think. because a lot, everyone is also kind of gay in Star Wars movies. That's, Obi-Wan, C-3PO. You that know, was the thing. Like, see, the Rubio's not kind of gay. We were saying we, this was something that I had not, I had not thought about in all my years of Star Wars viewing. But Elliot brought it to my mind. It's just that Ben Kenobi's pretty gay. He's like, very gay. Bachelor. He, he reads is, very gay. Like I said, we're watching it. He is the Oscar Wilde to see three PO's Charles yeah. Nelson Riley. <laughs> he is an elderly man who never married. He, it, I think it fell into place for me in, when I realized Star Wars, the first one, is about a movie, is a movie about an old man who takes a younger man to a bar. <laughs> like, when it comes down to it. <laughs> and I have to imagine that Obi-Wan, like, is just going, going to that bar and picking up alien yeah. dudes, you know, for one I mean, night stands. I feel like he's like kind of like a Stephen Fry kind of gay, where he's like, he's, you know, he doesn't really actually have... Stephen Fry's gay? <laughs> what? <laughs> we didn't want you to find out this way. We oh wanted you to find out I mean, when I don't you went know on that the he day actually has Fry. carnal relations with men, but like, like spiritually. Well, why not? He's a, a grown man. man. Come on. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. It Let him be a sexual he's being. He's in pretty good shape. I'm tired I'm of this. I'm not denying him. <laughs> I'm tired of this will and gracing of Obi Wan. Okay. That's what he, I wanted when I was. I almost about to say Sid and Nancy when I meant to say Will and Grace. That would have been a very different die. show. <laughs> they die in a hotel room. Uh, Maybe so anyway, one of them murdered the other. Maybe not. We will never know. Uh, so anyway, he goes. He finds this planet that was erased from the archives, which he realizes when Yoda asks a youngling, like a little kid, what what it was, and the, only a kid is so devious as to think it could be erased. Meanwhile, Anakin and Amidala escape disguised as refugees. Refugees who happen to be w- carrying with them R2-D2, the droid the Queen uses. The yes. most famous robot of <laughs> all most, time. This is the robot who's on the cover of Space Time magazine. <laughs> He's merchandi- Everyone's merchandised him. He is the house cat of Star Wars. Sure, like yeah. Everybody loves him. He's the original Blue party bar? droid. 
<laughs> was that was that art? Was that the house droid? Yeah, bleep blar. Original party droid. Bleep blar. TM. So anyway, Amidal and Anakin go to Naboo, where he delivers his immortal "You're not like sand, you're soft and not rough" speech. Mm-hmm. She falls we for him. A little bit about democracy. Man. Instantly, they have That's a fucking, they have a debate over whether that is a panty peeler, guys. <laughs> by the way, if you ever want to, if you ever want to woo a lady, tell her that she's not like sand. Let me tell you, it is not a potato peeler. You tell a potato it's not like sand all day; it's not going to unpeel for you. Yeah, no. just sits there. Just sits there, winking at you Looking with its delicious. eyes. What you want for that? <laughs> Is a dollar fifty potato peeler? You pick them up at any grocery store. You do not want the dollar fifty panty peeler, though. It'll break first time you use it. So anyway, so anyway, they have a debate over democracy. They clown around, and Anakin surfs on the back of a giant animal. It's stupid. It's amazing. It's hella stupid, and that's how they fall in love. And this is such an old fashioned, like George Lucas only knows it from old movies idea of falling in love, where it's like. Yeah, I guess you sit around in pretty fields and you talk and yeah. laugh and you like and roll one over guy each other. Aggressively talks about how he's in love with the lady until she gets and, worn down. Yeah, and then and talking about how he believes in a political system based around tyranny, right? based around fascism. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so at the same <sighs> time, Obi Wan yeah. follows the dart to Kamino, which is a stormy planet inhabited by clones. Who have buildings and, and technology? Like sperm-headed monsters. Yes, sperm-headed <laughs> monsters who make the clones. Yeah, and it see it feels like chill though. They they don't think they are laid back. When Obi Wan walks in, they go, "Ah, Jedi, we've been expecting you. The Prime Minister would like to meet you." And he's like, "Why? Did you expect me? How do you know my? How do you know I'm a Jedi? What's he's going real on?" Smooth. And the Jedi and the the Prime Minister is like, "Well, we made the clones you ordered." And he goes, "When did I order clones? <laughs> uh, didn't didn't Jedi Master?" What was his name? Okay, this is something. Please, somebody explain to me what the fuck's going on. They keep talking about a Jedi Master, Sifo Dias, which sounds like a very thinly disguised Darth Sidious. But apparently, there was actually a dude named Sifo Who, Dias. Because Obi Wan says he died ten years ago or many yeah, like years it's ago. It's a fucking ghost story or some shit. <laughs> but it's so fun. But it's like Obi Wan, who in the in the sequels, let's just call him that, the original movies, sure. Is a very wise character, very smart. In the prequels, is the dumbest, clumsy gumshoe. He's basically like Space Cluzo. Because they're like, Cypher Diaz sent you? And he goes, Why would Cypher Diaz send me? <laughs> Instead of lying, like a detective yes, would, like yes, playing of along. Course. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Did he communicate what he was? Did he tell you what he wanted me to find out about the clones? I'm testing you, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah. There's a better way to write that because I'm writing it off the top of my head. But like the fact that Obi-Wan answers every question with a question about why Obi-Wan's there is <laughs> <laughs> he's like, uh, We are making the clone army for Cypher Diaz. So you make clones here <laughs> yeah and then the prime Remind minister me. and the, these people who have mastered cloning technology are so gullible and stupid they never see through his story which he doesn't even give them like well they've been yeah, alone why, why is he gonna they've give been them alone for so long they're just happy to have someone they're to just want company to. if they gave even a second of doubting what he's saying he would just fucking jump kick him into next week mm-hmm. that's true he does a lot of jump kicks but, but he comes in and he sees these chandeliers like, full of for, babies for instance <laughs> for instance if you walked into a bakery yeah. and you were like yeah, you might have a cake for me. They'd be like, okay, what's your name? You can't just go like, well, what's the name on the cake? Because <laughs> that's my name. Like, uh, let me look at the display case. Uh, that one's mine. Uh, I'm Aladdin. <laughs> really, you're Disney's Aladdin? Yeah, that's what I meant. I'm Disney's Aladdin. I'm sorry, that was made for a quinceanera. That's nuts. <laughs> uh, so it's so basically, Obi-Wan is the worst detective in the world. He finds this cloning world where they're making clones of Jango Fett, a bounty hunter, the same bounty hunter that 
Ob- that I was gonna say Obama. That, <laughs> played by that, Obi- that Obi that Barack Obi Wan Kenobi. Obamacare. <laughs> All these clones that we don't want. Am I right? <laughs> Why does my plan have to cover clones? I'm never gonna have a clone. Camino's gonna. It's the worst thing ever to have at a Camino. To tell you. The yeah. <laughs> they have to. Yeah. They're just gonna shut them down. They're gonna leave the business. So Django Fett's played by popular New Zealand actor <laughs> Tamara Morrison from uh, Once Were Warriors. That's guys. true. That's true. And he is. Everyone was excited. They're going to see the dad of Boba Fett, everyone's favorite bounty hunter who has mm-hmm. six minutes in the original trilogy. And this actor has a great history of being a dad, like in Once Were Warriors, where he plays a sexually abusive father. <laughs> yeah, it's, he's a bad dad, let's just say it. So <laughs> Classic bad soccer dad. Jang, uh, Obi-Wan decides to tell the Jedi he's found this thing in the middle of a storm. Like he's He doesn't wait to get off planet to make his announcement. Like a, the terrible spy he is, he just announces it out loud in front of everybody. Jangle Fett attacks him. There's a not terrible fight scene. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. One of the better action scenes between Jangle Fett and Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan does a bunch of flying jump kicks. Yeah, and meanwhile, young Boba Fett is shooting him from from the spaceship. And all these explosions are going yeah, he has off. He to learn his skills somewhere. It yeah. would, like... Boba Fett will fire the spaceship guns, which are huge, or like a rocket. Yeah, designed to blow up another spaceship. And it'll explode Pulverize less than a, a centimeter human. away from Obi-Wan, and he just kind of like rolls over he and goes, oh. <laughs> He is basically invincible, Obi-Wan. And it, uh, is that part of his character, that he's impenetrable? Uh, he hates flying, check. Uh, invincible, yeah. He's, he's immune to laser beams <laughs> and bombs. Uh, so he's anyway, got a rad beard. <laughs> he's got and he's got a That's rad true. beard. Yeah, I think one of the Caminoans called a rad beard. <laughs> Your beard is quite rad, Jedi Knight. What is rad? I have a beard. <laughs> he just can't keep his story straight. Anyway, he follows Boba Fett. Boba Fett leaves. He follows Boba. I mean, Django, oh, Django like, Fett. Well, Boba's in. <laughs> he follows Django and Boba, <laughs> son and dad. Not. He follows Banjo Fett <laughs> and his dad. Uh, Banjo, Harpo, and Chico And his Fett. dad, Mango Fett. So he follows them uh, to another planet. There's bombs going Geonosis. off. Geonosis. It's called Geonosis. Meanwhile, uh, Anakin has had a bad dream about his mother. <laughs> about he, a bad dad? <laughs> no, yeah, about his about mom. A bad mom. His mom, Shmi Skywalker. <laughs> Which, because it's like, it's, it feels, <laughs> because all the names were made up by George Lucas in at one two-minute period. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Shmi, Saboba, Watto, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> is a bad guy. He's insidious. Darth Sidious, great. And uh, <laughs> this is a character... His mom. Uh, what's what, the bad guy? Christopher Lee's character, uh, Count Dooku. Doesn't that sound like poop? Whatever. We gotta get this film finished. <laughs> Isn't it? Anyway, it sounds like Dracula, right? Not really. It sounds more like poop. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Get the movie rolling. <laughs> but uh, we're, we are hardly the first to uh, point this out. But uh, this is a this mom character is is someone that he is not worried about in years. Like he has been freed from his slavery. He has been training as a Jedi, and, and then he's, he's basically up, right? forgotten about this. Like, he, I guess he's been spending all of his time dreaming about Padme, and so he doesn't have any time to seek out his mom, who he know who has not moved anywhere. She's still yeah. on Tatooine. She's still on Tatooine. He go. He has a bad dream about her, and he goes, "We got to find her." And Amidala's like, "Okay." They go to Tatooine. They go to his old owner Watto, the anti-Semitic stereotype. Shouldn't they have just and, done this shit right after the first movie? Yeah, they should. have. When he became Super a rich simple. Jedi, he should have gone as beyond I mean, bond he's, his he's mom's like freedom. He's like the richest little kid in the universe. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's Richie Rich. rich. <laughs> space Richie <laughs> with a rat tail. He's with Richie Rich with full of space bucks. Sure, he's rich in midi chlorians. He's rat taily rich. 
don't say that shit. That shit doesn't exist. <laughs> it's amazing movie. how midi-chlorians just kind of disappeared from the series. But anyway, so it's outside of our purview. That's episode one. And I do mean perv view when Dan McCoy is here. Anyway, well, so... Classic Caleb cut-ups. <laughs> he, goes, he goes to Watto hey, and hey, says, what? where's my mom? And... And Watto, I think I called him Quato just then. Watto is one of the first. Oh boy, if only. Is the first of like. Hey, Andy's done a revolution. <laughs> <laughs> Give those people some air. So Watto is one of many characters who, when they see Anakin, goes, Annie, is that you? And I wish there was any moment where Anakin was like, please don't call me Annie. I'm a grown man. Yeah. But instead he just accepts it. Annie well, is a tiny orphan without pupils. <laughs> yeah, blind, sad, really. <laughs> yeah. So Anakin uh, finds out his mom got sold to a vapor writer, that a farmer. Annie loves Sandy, by the way. <laughs> loves Sandy. The other <laughs> Annie does not love Sandy. It's true, because Sandy to her is a dog and <laughs> yeah. not a rough, tiny mineral. Yeah. <laughs> a granule. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, <laughs> Sandy is very rough. All Get right. it? Like a dog? Okay. Anyway, nested, no, sorry, nested puns. Anyway, I could go on forever. So the thing, they go find, they go to, they go to the Vaporator farm where they find Uncle Beru and his girlfriend. <laughs> the Uncle Owen and his girlfriend, uh, Beru. Played by Joel Edgerton. And, uh, for a, a second. Yeah. And, uh, he finds out, oh no, Shmi was kidnapped by a bunch of Tuscan Raiders. And then... The guy refers Classic to them as Tuscan Raiders. Refers to them as Tuscans, and I wanted to be like, stop the movie, George. You know there are real people called Tuscans, right? They're from Tuscany. <laughs> like that's a real thing. Yeah. Like you can't just say that. And uh, and he just lifted their accent completely <laughs> you know? for the. So I have to and imagine have to deal with that Tuscan son. I have all to the imagine time. that Diane yeah. Lane is finding love among these sand raiders. <laughs> yep, yep. Ducking their gaffer sti- <laughs> sticks. sticks, scaring them off with the occasional crate dragon call. Because <laughs> it's a terrifying creature. Diane Lane, we ride single file to hide our numbers. <laughs> You're right, I am in love. <laughs> so anyway, Luke Sky, uh, Anakin goes Luke to Cage. Anakin goes to in a moment that is. So there's a moment in the first Star Wars, we've all seen it, where Luke is looking at the sun setting, and they play the, the John... Sun. The double sun is setting. John Williams' music swells, and it's this moment of... In all of our hearts, and probably pants. It's a, a story. It's a, it's a very powerful moment. This young boy who has dreams of a more exciting life, he sees it disappearing before his eyes. He has... Fantasies about where his life could take him, and he knows it'll never happen. It's just out of his like grasp. The flattest, most boring place. It's like he says, sun. "It's the far." If there's a bright center of the universe, this is the farthest place from it. And at that moment, you feel like he feels it. This mm-hmm. is something we can all sympathize with, especially Dan, growing up yeah, in a man. tiny town. Yeah. Growing I up, a, I was as good as a farm boy <laughs> in the backwoods of nowhere. Yeah, thinking, "Am I ever going to make it to the big city? Mm-hmm. Never, probably never." Yeah, well, I'm going to die here. I guess I'll go take the control bolts off of that new droid we bought <laughs> from them. Those I can't even go from down those, to Tashi Station to pick up some new power from those converts. midget druids. You can have fun with your friends later, Dan. <laughs> I'm but sorry. Uh, the but instead they use that music here, that wistful kind of like "I want a better life" music. Over Anakin saying, "I've got to go get revenge. Like I'm going to go save her." And kill the shit out of some and he goes, Tuscan and he, Raiders. He finds his mom just too late. Oh no, she dies in his so arms. She's all like tied up on a weird, uh, like a weird mm-hmm. framework. What, what's going on? Here? My right. only guess, because they never explain it. You're, you're going to go the least her safe creepy word. way, right? My only guess. I'm not. There's nothing. You went the creepy way. What did you say? I said she forgot about her safe, safe word. word. Wow. Yeah, her safe word was. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Because it's a Tuscan Raider. By the way, never use that as a safe <laughs> no. word. Her safe word was 
ouch. <laughs> they kept stopping, and she'd be like, no, keep going. Ouch. Wait, do you want me to stop? No, that means it's working. Oh, God. You know what? Just just tie me to that frame over there. Here's my guess. Here's my guess, because it's never explained what they want her for or anything, that much like many Native American tribes in the in the United States, they would raid each other's tribes and kidnap members of other tribes and then put them through gauntlets or physical tests as a way of initiating physical them into their tribes. <laughs> well, I mean, physical sure. challenges is what they Dropping are. gag all over their face. <laughs> Usually didn't involve digging in a giant nose <laughs> for a for flag. flag. <laughs> but, you know, it was like that. You know, either that or they hang you from hooks from the top of the smoke lodge. But uh, So my guess is the sand people under those wrappings are all different species who have been kidnapped and turned into members of the tribe through this induction ceremony, you know. But who knows? Of all the many... They act like men, but they're really beasts. Of all the many cultures in the in the Star Wars universe, the San, the Tusken Raiders are never really fleshed out. Yeah. And they're the ones we see on screen. And yet uh, every other alien is represented in the Galactic Senate. Your Greedos, re- your Regis, Three Eyes. <laughs> I was reading about those guys for like five minutes before <laughs> yeah. this podcast. Your, your butt-faced Pondababas, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Anyway... So your Anakin, Doctor's Evazon, <laughs> your Doctor's Evazon, your Wooksy. Uh, so That's terrible. Yes, it is. So anyway, and Greedo is a Rodian, I know. By the way. Uh, so anyway, the he dies. She dies in his arms, and he gets mad, and we and kills all the Sand People. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he later Seven says, one down the trail to the dark side." And he later sends to Anakin, "I killed them all, and not just the men, the women, and the children too." Mm-hmm. And she says, "She seems to take that news okay." That she's, he's, I mean, turned Tuscan on, probably, he's right? massacred those people. Yeah, she's into it. She's like, anger is a part of life, Anakin. And it's like, yeah. stop right there. It's not anger. He, mur- he murdered a whole... <laughs> he he committed genocide, you know. Yeah. But, uh... I mean, we only see him kill, like, three dudes, But right? he... So he might have been making up the story to impress her? Yeah, of course. I killed... He ran away. I, I, killed, I, like, 800? <laughs> I killed three... I mean, 3,000 sand people. <laughs> they just kept coming, and I was like, no way. And, and there they, was one that was, like, super strong, and he had, like, seven lightsabers. <laughs> I'm like, like, no way, buddy. And I just chopped them all uh, down. Anakin, I just looked at the corpse of your mom. It looks like she had a lightsaber burn on her. Like, no, uh... Uh, no, that the sand people did that. So anyway, Anakin, Anakin goes to uh, no, no, sorry, Obi Wan goes to Geonosis where they're making a droid army. He finds Count Dooku is with a bunch of other guys who are in leaving the, the Republic. Scene of the, movie. In the best scene in the movie, which is yes, a bunch of characters talking around a table, but at least they're crazy characters. Yeah, one of them, a couple of them are like uh, Venture Brothers villains, and yeah, there's a guy, there's like an old old Squid Man. Yeah, that guy instead of a beard, he's got tentacles. It's great. It's crazy. Uh, he's like Davy Jones from uh, from the Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, but he movies. doesn't play a fucking piano with it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know that. Okay, Maybe he does in his spare does. time. Yeah, that's the kind of music they listen. We're going to. really long, so let's just say Obi Wan makes us an, uh, an emergency. Nobody's ever seen this one. An emergency transmission. Uh, Anakin and Pod- and Padma pick it up. They go and try to save him. There's a totally unnecessary action scene in a factory assembly line. Where we learn that all of a sudden R2-D2 has rockets for some reason. He can fly with his rocket propulsion. We never see this well, again. Which is, I said, I t- as I said uh, as we were watching it, that's like in Superman 2, when all of a sudden Superman pulls his S off and throws it at one of the villains. It's like, oh, okay, this is, I guess, a power you have. <laughs> We didn't see it before. And I'll never but sure. do that again. Because <laughs> uh, it's stupid. Wait, R2D2 doesn't I look kind of dumb when I do it. All the time. No, he does not. And so, in the yeah, which really would have helped in some of the other scenes in the later movies. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, or early, earlier movies, that is. I don't get it. Anyway, it's mm. time travel. So, the, uh, so they all get captured. Uh, they get sentenced to, as Stuart calls it, death by monster, by three monsters. And this is probably 
the best scene in the whole movie. By other far. than the, the, the one part By where they all far. sit around a table and talk for a couple minutes. <laughs> yes, where they're fighting. They're in an arena with a giant cat tiger monster, mm-hmm. some kind of like praying mantis crab monster, yeah, and, and a, your, like a rhinoceros monster. Uh, like a minotaur monster. rhinoceros. And they're fighting each other, and the yeah, good guys a, escape. Yeah, good physical comedy. A bunch of Jedi show up. There's a lot of fighting for some reason. A lot of Jedi uh, show an up. There's exposed tummy on uh, Natalie Portman. And Natalie Portman's, yeah. her belly gets... a lot of crunching. The shirt right, part man. of her belly gets ripped apart. Is part of her apart. senator, like, sure. thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she, govern- she governs through crunches and core <laughs> ball exercises. She governs through core strength. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on her planet, you, they choose their leaders through their core strength. Yeah. Naboo, yeah. Yeah, Naboo. Anyway, so they, there's a big fight. <laughs> Jedis arrive, then robot soldiers arrive, then clone soldiers arrive. It's that clone army that the cloners were making. Mm-hmm. And Yoda becomes a general all of a sudden. <laughs> They've graduated from clone high, and now they're yeah. going to be fighting. He says the immortal line, around the survivors, a perimeter crew. Create, which is so dumb. Why is that one backwards? Yeah, I mean, as we were saying, uh, Yoda in like Empire, like every once in a while he would do the fucking reverse syntax thing. Now it's every sentence. Every and sentence. I, the I, bathroom I must use. And I get it. The clone troopers will take orders from anybody who talks to them. Yeah. But do you think they have the the mental capacity to like translate all of Yoda's bullshit? No way. Not ever. And he talks backwards. The worst when he's ordering in restaurants. <laughs> the fish special I'll have. <laughs> Cheese hold. <laughs> Wait, so you want the cheese or not? <laughs> Dressing on the side I will take. <laughs> I don't understand what you just told me. <laughs> and then the salad arrives and he's like, Dressing on the salad there is. <laughs> on the side I asked for. Look, I don't understand what the fuck you're saying, Yoda. You gotta talk you gotta talk straight. Your name my name you know. Look, I just saw your credit card. <laughs> that was the day Elliot quit his job at the Olive Garden. I mean Space Olive Garden. He called it Garden the Olive of. <laughs> like, doesn't even Where make sense, family Yoda. you are here. <laughs> Where family you are. Okay, Yoda, cut, cut. The line is here your family. <laughs> family you are here. Cut. Okay, Yoda. Let's get this straight. Look. It's the Olive Garden. We know it's not art. Just deliver the line as said. My motivation, what is? Oh, God, Yoda, it's commercial. (laughs) Breadsticks unlimited, they are. (laughs) Salad bowl, bottomless it is. Damn it, Yoda. (laughs) Damn it, Yoda. (laughs) Okay, somebody, we need more makeup on these younglings. My agent, I must call. Oh, this again. <laughs> Temperamental you are. Hey, heard that I did. Uh, he's a diva, guys. Uh, anyway, so I want to do. I, we don't have the time, but I want to do Yoda as Orson Welles doing that pee commercial. <laughs> Start- no living actor. I would direct this way in Shakespeare. I would. <laughs> Start a sentence emphasizing if I cannot. <laughs> Find some way to do it. You can go down on the you. Fun I will. Of it, that's where it is. I can't even do it backwards. Can't even do it. It's too much. <laughs> anyway, there's a big battle. The clones turn the tide of battle. Count Dooku escapes. Obi Wan, Anakin, and Padme are chasing after him. There's a blast, and Amidala falls out onto mm-hmm. a desert that looks like it's made out of Cheeto dust. <laughs> for how bright orange it is. Uh, Obi Anakin wants to stop, but Obi Wan says, "No, we've got to keep going." If it was Amidala, what would she do? And he goes, she'd do her duty. And they go, and, uh, and when they're chasing a guy named Count Dooku, you <laughs> can't say the word duty. But uh, they go, they find Count Dooku, who is escaping with the plans for the Death Star. And they 
attack him. There's a big fight. He chops off Anakin's arms, and he gives Obi-Wan what looks like to be two very cosmetic burns, kind of just flesh yeah. singes. Then, well, because Anakin starts going fucking buck wild with two lightsabers, but bro. Then, you gotta cut an arm off But then, then here's Stuart's favorite part of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> a little guy named Yoda stumbles in on his cane. Because at that moment, I was wondering, who's the man, Elliot? <laughs> and it turns out, <laughs> according to a hastily thrown-together commercial a week after the movie opened, Yoda Man. <laughs> because if I haven't seen Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, I'm like, I'm thinking about going to a movie tonight. TV, tell me what I should see. Is there something where like a little green, gl- green gremlin flips around with a laser sword fighting <laughs> like a, an old man? Like a fucking... <laughs> Manic frog with a sword. There's something where an old man with a laser sword fights a little fights a little gremlin, a, a frog imp who also has a laser sword and is wearing a monk's robe. <laughs> this is a dumb movie. Let's just say that right now. Every movie can sound dumb if you break it down that way. I referred to Star Wars earlier, like you remember, as a movie about an old man who takes a young guy to a bar. It happens, but this what, is. What was your other like with the one with bears? You're well, describing. that's. I'll return the Jedi is about a race of space bears, <laughs> but and also that Star Wars is about a is a movie about a, a boy who gives a, ro- a robot a bath. <laughs> it's all true. It happens my in the movie. One. <laughs> Oh, thanks. That's the, your explanation of the cops when they come to take yeah. you away. You're like, no, they do it in the movie. Come on. There's a space mummy. <laughs> He's not in it till the second movie. <laughs> Dangar the space mummy. So anyway. Oh, uh, fifth movie. Sorry. Oh, damn it. Chronology. So the... Uh, there's a fight between Yoda and Count Dooku. Count Dooku distracts Yoda by making a big machine fly in the air, and Yoda's going to stop it. Count Dooku escapes and delivers the Death Star plans to Darth Sidious, who... We know it's Palpatine. I don't know why they're pretending we don't know. He's got a hood yeah. over his face like we're going to be surprised that the guy who has the same last name as the Emperor <laughs> is going to turn out to be the me. bad guy. Because he's making it for, you know, generations down the road. We're going to watch the Star Wars in movies order. in chronological order and not understand anything. Yeah, their minds are going to be ex- fucking blown. They don't explain it. And also, uh, until the, the Emperor was. Movie. And the Senator was given emergency powers or some nonsense. Anyway, uh, every, everyone leaves. Uh, Anakin gets a, a terrible-looking robot arm and marries Amidala secretly, and Yoda says the Clone Wars have begun. Yeah, the the end. Yeah, so we've gone for a really long time, so I think we're just going to skip skip ahead. Let's just say, let's say what's bad about this movie. Yeah. The writing, the acting, the directing, the special effects, and the story. No, let's final judge. Some of the music let's, is okay. Let's final judge this thing. Now, okay. we might have missed some of the stupid things about this movie. Feel free to write in. I, I, I'm sure that write, in Write the, email sedan complaining. In the decades since this movie was released, it has been cataloged. All the stupid I, I guess shit. After that, winning Best Picture, we probably. Did, yeah. <laughs> it won the Academy Award for Best Picture ever, mm-hmm. beating every movie ever made. Yeah. It won, and it's... It's it's widely considered the worst of the three, right? I would say so. I think it's so. the worst of the three. I think it's the worst of the six. I mean, let's let's yeah, go that I mean, obviously, but sure. I think the worst of the prequels. And I feel like by going through the plot, we've only scratched the surface of how overly, needlessly complicated it, that like the plot is, and how poorly executed everything is. How there's a lot of scenes that seem to be put in just so that you can make a video game based on that yeah. scene. It's, but but final judgments wise. Okay, final judgments. Is wise. this a good bad movie? A bad bad movie or a movie you kind of like? Elliot, continue with your uh, your deconstruction. It's a movie that has a couple action scenes in it that I enjoy a little bit, but overall, like, it's a bad bad movie. It could be a good bad movie if it was shorter, mm-hmm. and if it was, it see it takes itself so seriously, and so that means that the comedy parts are really jarring, and so the movie never for me has that like. 
it never is laughably bad. It's just like, why is this? Why is this going on? Except for the space. Except for the space diner. Yeah. Well, Actually, I, you know what? Maybe it's good bad. I don't know. Well, here's it's the got thing, a space like, diner in what it. What I'm gonna say about this movie is like, is I hate it, and I kind of like it. Interesting. Like there, there's stuff in it that makes me so mad. Like all of the all of the romance shit in this movie is so bad. It makes me. Like, it, it, I don't understand how George Lucas has interpersonal relationships based on these. He Since he has this middle school idea that, like, if you are angry enough at yeah. a person you have a crush on, they will come around to loving and you. He's yeah, got the best hair CGI I can buy. Hayden Christensen <laughs> seems like such a creep. Um, there's so much stupid stuff in this film. But at the same time, like, I can't bring myself to hate it because there's there it does have some of that residual Star Wars mm, you're, shine you're, on it. I think I think you're just you're getting it mixed up in your mind with your Star Wars feelings. No, I totally am. No, I'm yeah. I'm one hundred percent aware of what's happening. But the thing is, while I hate the movie, I can't bring myself to be like this is like I know it's bad, but I can't like yeah, get this, rid this of it. Movie I can't, totally, can't quit it. <laughs> yeah, you wish you knew how to quit this movie. Mm-hmm. It's totally a bad boyfriend. Like I know it's terrible for me. And if I had never met this movie, if this movie had never existed, my life would be better right now. Yeah, uh, I would probably yet, be super successful. Stuart yet, has the best analogy here. And yet the sex is amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I so fucking crazy. as you as you guys know, like I own this. This isn't the product of like a fucking Columbia House like <laughs> splurge purchase where I'm like, oh Columbia House, take it up with my mom. Uh, you know <laughs> where you'd fucking buy like a million <laughs> for CDs. a penny, yeah. and it turns out it actually cost a thousand dollars. Pay for them apparently? No, you. of course not. You make up like seven different accounts with different names. <laughs> so come on, Dan. There's a reason Columbia House went out of business, and it's Stuart. <laughs> yeah, you just got to shack up with like a Fagan-esque character. They'll teach you how to rip off Columbia House. <laughs> so yeah, I, I like I I can't I I like this movie. I don't I shouldn't. There's no real. Re- I can't defend it. I honestly, there's part of me that wishes I could feel that way about it, but I think my like younger obsession with Star Wars has just faded to the point where I like the Star Wars movies that I like. And I don't like the Star Wars movies that I don't like, and it's they don't have that connection for me yeah, that they I once had. I can't completely separate it anymore. It's the kind. It's I guess you guys feel about it the same way I feel about like Spider-Man comics, where I'll continue reading them even when they're terrible, because when it's good, because I love the character so much. As long know? as the webhead is what's mm-hmm. what's slinging. Like as on long people. as that friendly neighborhood Spider-Man is cracking yucks and uh, making bucks. <laughs> Oh man, you found that one in. (laughs) I was trying to think of somebody. Jay Jonah, give me some bucks. (laughs) (laughs) I'll allow it. (laughs) Because he's a judge. That's what the J stands for. I think, you know what it might be is I used, is that the Star Wars universe filled a place for me when I was younger about a universe I could learn every detail of and really inhabit in my imagination and just find out every intricacy that I could. And. To a certain extent, real history has taken that place in my heart, where yeah. it's like, oh, I can learn all about what America was like in the 1860s, or ancient Rome, or medieval times. Like, there's a real universe that I can that I've trans- translated that feeling to. Yeah, you know? you've you've grown up a little bit, and I have not. I don't even know if it's grown up, but I found something else that fills the space that Star Wars once filled. So when I see detritus like this, that I should have a sentimental attachment to, I'm just like. Forget it. So, uh-uh. uh, uh, let's. <laughs> no, you don't. 
Let's let's quickly go through a few letters. Uh, I know they're running long, but let's do a few letters. It's almost as if we don't have a time for a letter song, Dan. It is as if that is the case. But that's not the case. Uh, hey, everybody. Beep, boop, beep, you mailed us some boop. letters. <laughs> Star, is the Star Postal Wars. Service producing Star- this? <laughs> Where who could have sent us these letters? Could we get a letter from Shredder? (laughs) Probably not. He's a fictional ninja, but a real-life ninja should write in and give us the truth about his tooth. Is there a cyanide pill in there in case he gets caught? Letters. It's a free-range song. I got thrown off by the beep boops. (laughs) It's right. uh, the Star Wars one where the we got a droid back. The Flap House side. house droid like was really ma- throwing me off. <laughs> yeah, Max Rebo. <laughs> you know what? Okay, you know what would have made this a good bad movie? Size if Max Rebo was, was in it. If there was a scene where Max Rebo and Size Noodles were like a struggling music crew <laughs> and you just saw them yeah, lugging si- their amps around. <laughs> Max Rebo's got like sideburns and Size Noodles. I don't know. Because <laughs> the best part of it's watching really this. Big bangs. The best part, best part of watching this was watching the aliens. And being that are from the, er, the older movies, and being like, "Oh, my son Greedo is going to Tatooine. Oh, my my son Panda Beba is also going to Tatooine. Hanging out with med student Evazon. <laughs> med student, going out with resident Evazon. Look out for Ria is at Java's palace. <laughs> at teen teen gangster Java the Hutt. Like I would have wanted more references to every character in the series. All right, so this first letter is from Laura, last name withheld. She writes Laura Linney. I found your podcast Laura earlier Palmer, this she's year not dead. through Entertainment Weekly's Must List and have been hooked ever since. Elliot has long since become my favorite flopper. Thank Bullshit. you, Lauren. Excellent choice. Letter. With his rapid-fire sass and self-professed reedy tone. <laughs> Although I can't it's help... It's a nice way to put it. I can't help but feel for poor Dan, who just wants to read fan mail on his iPad. Still should rip up this letter. I confess <laughs> to looking forward to Elliot's songs about the Flophouse mailbag the most. Thank you. Sorry, Dan. I realized I've only encouraged him to burst into song yet again, didn't I? Thank you, Laura, for time. the props. We don't Thank have you, time. Laura, for the thing you said about the songs oh that you love that I'm singing of. Mm-hmm. Song for Laura. And who can resist Stuart's? Oh, put this letter back together. Constant <laughs> recommendations of Castle Freak and his devilish charm. Me? He did sell his soul to the devil for charm. But at last, dear floppers, I finally come to my question for you guys. And it so happens to be this. If you ran into these Flophouse favorites, Gerard Butler, Catherine Heigl, and Nicolas Cage, what would you say to them? I can only hope you would offer them sage career advice as only you can from Laura Lesley. You mean sage career advice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what would you say if you met Gremlin Bauer? Who, me? Yeah. I'd be like... Didn't you guys see him on the, uh, on the, on the show? No, we did not hang around the green room. Oh, yeah. okay. The... Gremlin Butler. <laughs> That's if I mean, if I ran into... Gerard Butler, I'd say like, "Hey, I enjoyed 300." Yeah, and I'd end it there. Hey, keep Jason Mavericks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, keep White Housing down. Or had it was Olympus has fallen. <laughs> you would get really mad if you fucked that <laughs> That's up. That's true. If I ran into Catherine Heigl, I'd be like, "I kind of liked One for the Money. Why don't you do more stuff like that where you're not angry?" <laughs> I would say, "What was it like working with Steven Soderbergh on the movie King of the Hill?" Mm-hmm. What would you like, say, Stuart? What was it like? To Catherine Heigl would say, uh, hey, stop making out with me, babe. I got a wife. <laughs> you wouldn't go, D'Artagnan. You'd be like, what was it like making my father the hero? <laughs> D'Art- she says it way more like scolding. Yeah. D'Artagnan. <laughs> 
if I met Nicolas Cage, again, I'd pick a movie I like of his. I'd say... I'd say, keep up the good work, Nicolas Cage. I'd say, Raising Arizona, from Raising Arizona to Bad Lieutenant, Board of Call New Orleans, you've done some fantastic work that meant a lot to me. You're an A-plus man. I'd say, keep me... Every time someone asks you to do a movie, say yes, Mm -hmm. so we can flop it. Mm-hmm. I would say, hey, Nicholas Cage, there, my car is located over yeah. there. Let's go uh, hang out for a while. Keep on keeping on. Oh, I thought you meant because he's like a valet attendant. <laughs> uh, yeah, Nicholas Cage, my car's over there. If you could bring it back for me. <laughs> Keep on trucking. Uh, so this letter. I would trust him with my car. He'd go all kinds of crazy with oh, it. He'd, crash he'd be it gone a, in 60 he'd, seconds. He'd, he'd <laughs> crash it into a castle or something. He'd sell it for a castle. <laughs> uh, this was Pretty from- tiny castle. <laughs> Cost the same as a used car. I'm, or maybe he's just complimenting my car. <laughs> he's, de- he's taking your car apart and turned it into a castle made out of car parts. This is titled, In Defense of Dan McCoy. It's from Brian Last Name Withheld. It says, uh, Dan is not given the respect he deserves because he has what I call the shimp quality. Chimp quality? Yeah, he's like a chimp. <laughs> the shimp quality. Elliot obviously is curly. He's immediately the one mm. you notice first and is the superstar of the group. And who dies the youngest. So you appreciate him first. <laughs> Stuart is Larry. He's not noticed right away, but once he is, you realize what an integral part and great part he is to the group. It he nice. adds to the pot without the flashiness of Elliot Curly, but helps elevate the rest. I think it's the other way around. I think I'm Mo and he's, and he's Curly. Dan is the last to be appreciated. The main reason is that he is the host, and being so, he has to harness the personalities of his co-hosts. He understands what makes a host great is stepping back and allowing others to shine while holding down the foundation. It is, unfortunately, the Zeppo role. Oof. Uh, that's, the... I think you're overestimating <laughs> Zeppo's importance to the Marx Brothers. Yeah. As the straight man is usually not allowed to engage in the zany antics of the others. Dan falls into the only sane man comedy trope, a straight man who has craziness and wild characters all around him. Examples? Michael Bluth, Frazier, Dr. Watson, Jim Halpert, Tim Canterbury, Jerry Seinfeld, Agent Coulson. So why do I say... Here's one. Dan, you know what? This will you'll feel praised by this. Bill O'Bagg and Arthur Dent. You know, mm-hmm. he's the real, real I'll one. i Arthur Dent. No, you know who I'd compare you to? Kermit T. Frog. Thank you. That's the, probably the best. Yeah. You, it's probably almost the as best if one. I'm Han Solo, Elliot's uh, Chewbacca, and you get to be Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I would prefer to be Kermit the Frog. <laughs> It's almost like I'm Donatello, you're Raphael Michelangelo, and you're Leonardo. Uh, can we go back to Kermit? It's almost like you're Wolverine, I'm the Beast, <laughs> and you're Cyclops. So why do no, I say you're the Kermit of the group. Dan has the shimp quality. Shimp is not the straight man. That role pretty much goes to Larry. I once read, in Jewish culture, a boy becomes a man when he turns 13. In Stooge culture, it happens when he learns to love shimp. Shimp is not appreciated right away, almost totally because he's held up against the impossible shadow of Curly. However, once you actually stop comparing Shimp and start looking at him as his own person, you can begin to appreciate and then love Shimp. So the love of Dan McCoy is the more of a slow burn, but because of that, it shines the brightest. Well, <laughs> wow. I appreciate that backhandedest of backhanded compliments. I mean, this being a Shimp is better than being the Zeppo. I uh, no, it is better than being the Zeppo. I and also, you know, uh, I, I I like being the Shimp because that reminds me of Evil Dead and yeah. how they call all the like the, the, the random zombies as Shimps and the stand-ins. Yeah. So thank you. Whatever gets you through the days, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when you're staring into the darkness. Yeah. Um, if we were Ghostbusters, what would I think? What you'd be? Stuart would be. Peter, Peter Bankman. Bankman, yeah. I guess I'd be Egon. Egon. And then what would you be? Ernie Hudson? 
<laughs> Ray Slimer? Can't. <laughs> Wait, can't. what's Rick Moranis' character? Again? I can't even be Ray. Lewis? You, you will not even let me be Ray. I'll just be. Okay, you can be Ray. You would so, be Ray. That's true. Yeah, practice your cross-eyed blowjobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the receiving of blowjobs, guys. Yeah. Yeah, from a ghost. I'm not misinterpreting the movie. <laughs> got to put on a Napoleon costume first. Uh, lastly, not, not the dessert, the 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 oh, sort okay. of figure. <laughs> uh, lastly, dear the Flophouse. This is from Anti Last Name Withheld in Sunny Finland. Dear the Flophouse, what are wormy boners? Do I have one? <laughs> well, your doctor will be able to help you with that. If you think you have a wormy boner, you should probably see a physician. Uh, but Stuart, I, what would you say? Well, first off, it looks like a curly Q pigtail. <laughs> I always assumed that you know what, I the quit. Crypt Keeper has a wormy boner. <laughs> yeah, because he's a rotting corpse. <laughs> in, all your, in all your mental images, because yeah. there's no actual images like of The Crypt police. Keeper is like <laughs> in his crypt, uh, searching the uh, World Wide Web. Picking a louse. For, yeah. I needed a prescription for Viagra because I had erectile decomposition. <laughs> yeah. He's got a, <laughs> his wormy boners. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Raceway Park. He's, that's, uh, uh, that's for anyone who listening who used to who grew up in the tri-state he's region. He's having uh, sex with milfs. That's mummy. I like to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically like in the Frighteners, right? Yeah. When uh, <laughs> when the uh, when yeah, the, the John cow- Aston John Aston as the cowboy ghost has sex with a mummy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He likes it when they just lie there. <laughs> oh. Oh. Look, that's not my joke. That's uh, it's in the movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can't be blamed for it. Yeah, I can be blamed for remembering it. Certainly. <laughs> Um, so thank you for your letters, as always. <laughs> this didn't really answer the question, but okay. <laughs> Moving I on. Just, I think we both described it pretty well. Okay. It's how the Crypt Keeper looks like a pig's curly Q-tail. <laughs> All right. I already erased that from my memory, yeah. Uh, now, lastly. Uh, not is, firstly. Is the part of the podcast where we recommend a movie that you should watch instead of uh, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Elliot, what do you have to say? I'm going to recommend a movie I enjoyed. Uh, well, enjoyed might be the wrong word. It was a good movie, but it's uh, you know not a not a comedy or nothing. It's a mo- recent film called War Witch. Uh, it came out last year. That sounds awesome. And it's a it's a <laughs> it's not what you think it is. It's a uh, French language movie mostly set in Africa, where uh, it's in sub-Saharan Africa about a 12 year old girl who is kidnapped by soldiers and forced to become a child soldier. First, they they force her to kill her parents uh, in front of them, and then they induct her. And she seems to be able to see the spirits of the deceased who warn her of danger. And so she gains reputation among the rebels that she's been forced to serve with as a war witch. Is this the movie that you keep trying to get Hallie to watch? I think Hallie would like it. Not keep. I recommended it to her once. (laughs) I think I feel like I've been in the room at least three times when this has happened. I don't think so, but uh, anyway, sounds but she, like right up Hallie's alley. I don't know what you're talking she about. Tri- it sound the way I'm describing it sounds more supernatural than it is. It's more about this girl being forced into a very hellish sounds situation. Sounds like the Ghost Whisperer. It's not the Ghost Whisperer. It is the farthest the ghost thing from the. the it's the farthest thing from the Ghost Whisperer. Jennifer Love Hewitt's Ghost Cleavage Show. That's the ghost with the most whispers, right? Uh, but she, it's more about she, her trying to escape these men with the help of a, a slightly older boy named Magician, who they believe is has magic powers, and trying to get away from these soldiers and then trying to live with the things that she's been forced to do. And uh, it was just a really good movie. It was harsh at times, but it was touching at other times. 
and I thought they did a really great job of telling the story without being overly sensational or overly maudlin about kind of the plight of child soldiers after they be, after they stop fighting. Anyway, I thought, so War Witch, I thought was very good. I would like to recommend a movie. Um, I saw a advanced screening of the Coen Brothers' new movie, Inside Lewin Davis. I have been forbidden by Elliot from saying too much because he doesn't want any spoilers. I can leave the room. No, no, it's fine. Uh, I will say about this movie... Uh, Starting at the end. Elliot was not necessarily... Like, he he loves, he loves the Coen brothers. Like, I love the Coen I brothers. I think they're great. They, but, I think they're possibly the best living filmmakers yeah. in America, certainly. But he's not. he was not particularly excited about this film just because the subject matter, he didn't find that interesting. Because the, the folk world of the, the 60s, I could Yeah, and I'm not, a, you know, I'm not particularly interested in uh, the folk scene of ni- early 1960s Greenwich Village, New York. That said... Um, I love this movie start to finish. It might be my favorite movie that I've seen uh, released this year. Um, it it does have a wonderful soundtrack, even though I'm not a folky by any means. Uh, T-Bone Burnett, of course, uh, is known for putting together great soundtracks. And a great steak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but New it's York a, Strip. I will say it's a movie that... <laughs> Prime rib. It is a movie that it is it is not dependent on plot... At all, it is a very mood-driven film, um, and it is a sort of a uh, examination of a guy who is a is stubbornly a failure, um, and not because the world is against him often, but because he is just a failure by nature. Like he he makes his own failure in spite of being a wonderful folk musician and it has uh this bittersweet uh wintry mood about it um and it's it's a character study it's a study in mood it's not a heavily plotted film but it's one i think that will stick with you if you see it so that's my recommendation uh, I'm going to recommend seeing the next movie in the pod crawl. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars episode three, Revenge, Revenge, Revenge of the, of the Sith. Um, and I'm also going to recommend the snuff, <laughs> uh, which you should watch so you can get prepped. Uh, you can bone up on your Star Wars bullshit for the next one of these. And uh, I'm also going to recommend a movie. I th- I don't think I've ever actually recommend, but I might, may have mentioned uh, also it's featuring called Head of the Family, Star Wars star uh, Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Night Watch. It's called A Life Less Ordinary, <laughs> and it's uh, it's a like a horror movie thriller starring it's an early Ewan McGregor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with it's based y- on a Scandinavian and, film. Or, yeah, I think I think you're right. It does not feature uh, what is it? Vampires? What's in that Russian one? It's not. Yeah, yeah it's not the one about the forces of good and evil. It's about a. Uh, it's about whatever. a uh, about a like what a med student who yeah. by night works as a night watchman at a, yeah, a mortuary. Not a mortuary, and it uh, up until up until uh, that the recent Ty West film. What is that? Uh, House of the Devil. Um, I haven't seen a movie that so perfectly captures that feeling of creepiness of walking around a big building by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, well, aside from Mirrors, goes. when uh, he goes to that abandoned department building in the middle of Manhattan. Yeah, but that one wasn't creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and there isn't a CGI demon, spoiler alert, in this one. <laughs> um, and uh, there's a young Josh Brolin who's very good. Uh, Nick Nolte is super creepy as usual. And uh, yeah, it's great. I recommend it. All right. 
Uh, so that brings us to the end of our part in the pod crawl. As our a reminder, part in the pod crawl. Uh, if you want to listen it? to the first part, laser sword, laser sword, Han Solo's. <laughs> if you want to listen to the first part, check out Read It and Weep. If you want to listen to the third part in a week uh, or more, I'm not exactly sure when it comes out. It'll come out at the end of this month. Listen to Proudly Resents. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a trilogy that at least will be on par with the movies that we watched. <laughs> uh, but uh, until next time. We're the time, worst one, right? We, yeah, we're the, yeah we just we like in the original. We're the worst one. We won the award. Uh, but in Someone t- throw us in the Sarlacc <laughs> as punishment. We're going di- to be digested for a thousand years. Yeah. Along with, I'm assuming, a shitload of dewbacks. (laughs) That just wandered (laughs) in. (laughs) Because it looks delicious. And then you think it's just a giant asshole in the sand. And then a fucking beak comes out. Delicious. This enormous toothed sand rectum. (laughs) Yeah, real delicious. (laughs) The anal dentata. Uh, The legendary. Oh, chill out. There's a beak. Come on. (laughs) Tentacles. There's a beak in the special edition. All right. In the original movies, it's just a rubbery throat. All right. We'll keep arguing about uh, Star Trek ephemera after the podcast. Star Trek? What the hell are you talking about? Jesus (laughs) Christ. Abort. Abort. You're going to get us killed. (laughs) We got to get out of this neighborhood. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's skedaddle. Ixnay. For the podcast, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. And if you're anyone, I'm not Ellie Kalen. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Make it so. <laughs> Warp speed. We're recording. Uh oh. <laughs> Live mic. Everyone on the internet knows that you fart. That is terrible smelling, by the way. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> wow. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> that's because I. I think that's because of the cat more than anything else. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean my coughing. Oh. Not, not because of your fart. I think Dan's gonna cry.